other day, a message came in and somebody was asking for a document that only I had. And while I was walking, I was able to find it on my phone. It's a 42-page document. Attach it to a team's message and hit send. Now just take a moment. That's some serious Jetson-level stuff. The amount of technology we have at our fingertips is, is incredible. And there's a man that in many ways has made a lot of this possible. Andy Grove, a first-generation immigrant, arrived in the U.S. in his early 20s. In his memoir, he described his early life like this. By the time I was 20, I'd lived through a Hungarian fascist dictatorship, German military occupation, the Nazis' final solution, the siege of Budapest by the Soviet Red Army, a period of chaotic democracy in the years immediately after the war, a variety of repressive communist regimes, and a popular uprising that was put down at gunpoint. Grove would join Intel Corporation as the third employee. He would become the first COO and eventually CEO. In 1997, Time Magazine chose him as Person of the Year. They said, quote, the person most responsible for the amazing growth in the power and innovative potential of microchips. In addition to his work at Intel, he published seven books, including High Output Management, a personal favorite. Grove is considered the father of the OKRs, Objectives and Key Results, used by many organizations, including mine. High Output Management is chock full of management and leadership wisdom, and I wanted to share a little bit with you today. Here's some of my favorites. Number one, how you handle your time is the most important aspect of being a role model and leader. The only genuinely non-noble resource that you and I have is time. We can lightly make just about anything else. You have to be aggressive about your time, and it's hard. It's hard to say no to people, projects, and to not be in the room when you have an opinion. Handy goes on, quote, to use your calendar as a production planning tool, you must accept responsibility for two things. One, you should move towards the active use of your calendar, taking the initiative to fill the holes between time-critical events with non-time-critical, though necessary, activities. I'd like to underscore necessary here. Number two, you should say no at the outset. I'd like to stop there, but he goes on, to work beyond your capacity to handle. End quote. Move to the active use of your calendar. Use it as a tool. Don't just fill it up. Think about what didn't happen because you were too busy saying yes. Productivity is not being busy. Productivity is creating value. The most important part about what Andy is saying is you are a role model. How you spend your time will trickle. You are being watched and your behaviors become team culture. Andy also says, and this is an incredible insight, strategy starts with your calendar. Now think about it. How can you apply that to your life? Number two, quote, the task of a manager is to elicit peak performance from their subordinates. A manager has two ways to tackle the issue, through training and motivation, end quote. Teams exist to do what individuals cannot. Most of what happens in the world occurs through the work of teams. Even those that seem like individual contributors to society, I think about artists, have teams. The leader's job is to maximize team performance. Now, I challenge Andy's use of the word motivation here as I'm not sure it's possible to motivate someone. I do think it's possible to remind someone about what motivates them, whether that's money, ideology, compensation, or ego. I use the acronym MICE. 
people can be inspired to be a part of something bigger than themselves or to be more than they thought they could be. Now, that's where leaders come in. Sprinkle the days with inspiration, and you will see the flywheel of performance pick up speed. On to number three. Quote, training is one of the highest leverage activities a manager can perform. End quote. A leader should find the activities that provide the most leverage. Training is usually top of that list. Don't delegate it. Don't outsource it. Do it yourself. Face-to-face, I care about you. We're in it together. Training. We need to be clear on what excellence looks like. And don't ever forget that before you can hold someone accountable, you owe them clear expectations. Deliver that through world-class training. Number four, quote, a manager's output equals the output of the organization plus the output of neighboring organizations under their influence. Let me say that again. A manager's output equals the output of their organization plus the output of neighboring organizations under their influence. End quote. Yes, your job is to maximize your team's performance. Here's the kicker of what Andy is saying. You're also responsible for the output of neighboring teams. Silos of excellence will kill an organization. When leaders embrace that they are also responsible for the adjacent performance of teams, the silos get torn down. Number five, quote, you need to plan the way a fire department plans. It cannot anticipate where the next fire will be, so it has to shape an energetic and efficient team that is capable of responding to the unanticipated as well as to the ordinary events, end quote. Now, teams get frustrated when their work is interrupted by fire drills. Those fire drills are created by the customer, the market, or sometimes meddling managers. Fire drills are part of your job, and you should plan accordingly. To not prepare for the inevitable is a dereliction of duty. Number six, quote, decision-making is not a spectator sport because onlookers get in the way of what needs to be done. Now, Andy goes on, he says, Remember that a meeting call to make a specific decision is hard to keep moving if more than six or seven people attend. Eight should be the absolute cutoff, end quote. I love this. Decision-making is not a spectator sport. Now, the fear of missing out is real. If you're leading, cut down on the attendees. If you're trying to attend, ask yourself if you need to attend to help or are you attending because of your ego or insecurity. Again, think about your time and its best use. You owe it to everyone. And recently I was introduced this idea of the joy of missing out. So we have FOMO and now we have JOMO. There's some joy in letting go and spending time on what you're uniquely qualified to do for the team. Let it go. You don't have to be in the room. All right, last one. Quote, the key to survival is to learn to add more value. End quote. Humility allows us to realize that everyone is our teacher. We're in a cycle of living and learning to get better. Whether you are an individual contributor, a leader, or an entire organization, you're compensated to add value. Stop adding value, or worse yet, remove value, and you don't survive. It's that simple. And if we want to move from surviving to thriving, just keep learning, changing, and most importantly, adding value to the lives of others. Let's go get it, friend. Take care out there. I hope you found that helpful. And if you did, please consider hitting like, leaving a comment, or sharing it with just one other person who might find it helpful too. After all, we're all in this together. Take care, friend.